0: Greetings and welcome to the first episode of our brand new podcast, which we've lovingly called Uncharted Territory, where we'll be exploring all the latest developments as the financial reset unfolds. This is a collaboration between myself and my co-host Sam. Some of you may know Sam, he's featured on the podcast a couple of times before. We released a pilot episode uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's partnered with us in creating the Navigating Digital Assets course, which shares the good, the bad, and the ugly of crypto, blockchain, the digital world, handles a lot of the kind of skepticism, and gives you a really solid grounding on this emergent world and what to look for and how you can get involved. Um, So, we've actually got a very quick plug on that. You know, that that, we're offering a special discount on that at the moment to celebrate the launch of this podcast. And you can go to weareelevate.org forward slash digital assets. That's plug over. Sam, great to have you here on this brand new venture that we are embarking upon.
1: You are great to be back, Dan. So, enjoyed the um, pilot we did. And it's great to have a live audience for the first time. So, we're we're already in our territory to go with the name of the podcast. Um, Yeah. And, and, Straight away, I always think when we, we're preparing something, I've got my notes, I've already thrown them away, because I know we're just going to go on a journey, Dan, and that's what I like to do, as you know, and just see where it takes us, and um, I know you had some camera issues earlier with your son, but that's perfect, because that's how, how it's going to be. We've got to be agile and pivot, so let's just go on the journey and see where we go this evening. Absolutely. Thank you for
0: that. And um, well, interestingly, our pilot was, we, we, we kind of called it an accidental podcast, because in the preparation for this um the podcast we've had lots of conversations and every time we ended up speaking we said i wish we recorded <laughs> that that would have been great content so actually midway through one of our conversations we just did that and then we ended up speaking for close to an hour and that that formed our pilot which you can find on uh, all the major channels um, but we're here for our first official episode tonight and i thought it'd be useful to go into a bit of the background about how you and i came to meet so yep uh, and, and then extend that further back to kind of get uh, a grounding on your background as it pertains to this particular field and i'll share a little bit of my story as well but if i open up by uh, stating that a, a very um, dear friend now and um, supporter of the work that we've done over the last couple of years of the pandemic podcast um deborah she introduced us she invited us to um one of your talks sam um down in paulborough and um it was uh it was a really interesting experience because first of all she sent me the digital flyer and there's this guy sam and i said oh sam who and you know, I, I know you've had this before and this is how we've adopted the moniker sam x for absolutely, you absolutely yeah yeah it's part it's an important part <laughs> of the story yeah i'm glad you put up <laughs> um so this anonymous guy sam because of course i straight away wanted to google this guy who's sam what's he talking about you know because i've got to travel three and a half hours to go and see someone i want to make sure uh he's someone that a i want to speak to uh, speak hear us speak and um uh, and uh, a subject matter that I, I, I really want to get my teeth into. Um, but the flyer caught my attention. And of course, I took Deborah's word, you know, as a trusted, uh, you know, she sent so many great things to us in the past. It was a great introduction. And she hosted it, her wonderful uh, space down in, in Pulborough called The Nest. Um, and I was so delighted that I came, Sam, because I was enthralled. And, and it was a small space. There must Yeah, be it like,
1: was really intimate, wasn't it? It was a great setting.
0: Yeah, 20 to 30 of us. And... You gripped us all for three hours. You really did, um, uh, and covered so much ground. Um, and I was blown away. And I, you know, that's that's. I came to speak to you afterwards and said, "Look, I'd love to get you on the podcast. I'd love to bring you into into our community. People need to hear what you've got to say." And that's exactly what we did.
1: Yeah, and and then here we are, and it's beautiful because in in essence, um, you know, I remember that because in fact, Deborah's event was almost the first one. You know, and I'll, I'll probably circle back and tell a bit more of this story afterwards, but. It was the first time I'd sort of got out of um, a network of a lot of people who knew me by word of mouth already in in Sussex, down the southeast there. And so interestingly, yeah, it it was the first time anybody who put talk on with me had wanted more info about me. Because before a few people, there there was always enough people who knew who I was and thought, yeah, I'd like to, you know, I know enough about Sam. Let's let's have a dialogue. And it was twofold me, interestingly, that she kind of wanted you know, it was, it was maybe it was maybe you asked Dan or a few of her people asked who is this guy and understandably so. You know, I'm coming to talk about finance and crypto, and everyone in the age of the internet wants to Google who is this guy. And it made me really think about it because I'd never had to come up with a name or, or or give my details. And it wasn't fully about being anonymous, like you know, it was a large part of it was also that I'm not coming as an expert. Okay, I'm coming as a layperson to have a dialogue and and not to be like the guy who arrives. He knows about finance and crypto. He's going to tell you, you know, what to do, how it works, what's going on. I was coming to facilitate a dialogue and bring my awareness and obviously bring a lot of knowledge and info from my years in in the kind of alternative space of research, plus diving deep into financial research and crypto the last few years. So it was really interesting because she'd sort of say, you know, people want to know more. And I did hold my ground and she'd say, well, there isn't any more. Just it's Sam. And if they really want to, if they're really curious, they'll come. And um, and so that was that was really interesting because it was the first time I'd kind of spoken to an audience outside of Deborah, who had been to one of my talks, um, that there was a fresh audience, you know, and I didn't have as many people in the crowd that maybe had been to other things or I'd, I knew, you know, from being at other talks with where we we're just in the audience together. So it was a really interesting. And then obviously met you, Dan. And then that's got spiraled from there. But it's been such an organic journey. and I want to tell this story to because it really sums up how organic it, it has been because I actually um, only came back to the UK in 2020. So I've been living in, in mostly in France and the French Alps since 96. You know, i took off on a gap year and, and didn't come back for 23 years. Um, and partly that was my own kind of, although I wouldn't say I was awake, you know, back in 96, I had a feeling of wanting to get out of the matrix. I was a searcher, you know, didn't really feel right in the mainstream. So I kind of followed my dreams and headed to the mountains and ended up staying there. Okay. Um, and interestingly, before that, what's come full circle the only kind of involvement with the kind of finance area in terms of professionally was i actually my first job was at the london stock exchange funnily enough in the settlements department i did a stint at natwest stockbrokers, brokers and actually hsbc i know dan you had a past hsbc i was in the global investor wing just in, but in an early when i was sort of 18 19 just to earn enough money to get out and go to the mountains so i had a taste of the markets at that age but never had any interest in working them but When I, you know, I was in the ski industry, I did a lot of different things in, in the Alps, um, at a travel company. And when I came back here, you know, with all that went on, the lockdowns, I kind of escaped a French lockdown, which was super intense. Um, you know, the whole kind of needed papers to leave the house, all that kind of business. So I just escaped that to come and see my family. Um, obviously, I had a lot of awareness from my own sort of background in the truth movement. Um, you know, being kind of, I don't know the term, but you know, awake to a lot of stuff since. Probably since 9, you know, shortly after 9-11. So when this kicked off, I, you know, had a very good understanding of what was going on um, and was kind of psychologically prepared for things to ramp up in 2020 onwards. So I really came home just to see my family. I'd been away for 20 years, um, wanted to sort of fill them in and bring them up to speed. And then from being back here, never thought I'd stay in the UK, you know, ended up meeting, starting to meet amazing people all through the Freedom Networks locally. Um, and obviously my old revenue streams had gone and I was sort of between you know what am I going to do I was obviously passionate I wanted to help people and work you know with with the new communities coming up and part of my journey into truth and kind of was actually a health journey like a lot of people okay so I had kind of chronic health problems through my mid-20s for so that was one of my wake-up calls to the mainstream medicine not being too clued up and even a lot of the alternative medicine not being really clued up and I end up healing myself In a very sovereign, empowered way. And it was a huge part of my own journey. And I was really passionate about that because I really healed myself with raw food and juicing, essentially. And I was really convinced that I was going to give talks. And, you know, that was my passion. I felt that for a few years, that actually that's what I want to do. That's my calling. You know, I want to heal people. I want to help and heal them. And obviously with all that's going on, there was a need for that. Um, And also because it's very sovereign, I was about self-healing, you know, showing that you didn't need much and you really did have the tools to do it yourself. And so, Dan, in in that kind of 2020 period, I was, you know, I had a sort of raw food inducing book that I had in my mind, thought I'm going to write this. And I had this writer's block. I just couldn't, you know, I'd had it in my mind years, thought this is going to be easy to get out. This is a really great subject. I'm passionate. It just wasn't coming out. And then I ended up sort of getting really digging deep personally into the financial reset and crypto myself and quite kind of by accident, just chatting about finance and crypto over a curry with a with a good friend who is part of the sort of freedom networks locally he said to me you know come and have a chat i want you to chat to the to, to my local group and i felt reticent i'll be honest i felt well you know i'm I'm happy to discuss with anybody who wants to actually i don't see myself as a public speaker um and i kind of felt like well i'm on my way to speak about raw food and juicing and do that but i did and i was quite nervous but it went well and then i did a couple of more talks and then it really just spiraled from there because I knew that the punishment research was such an important topic and that it was potentially bigger than the COVID narrative and needed to be looked at. So the demand was just, you know, calling me. You know, suddenly people are saying, I think the talk, Deborah, was that was of the early ones, from that very talk that I then met Deborah and came to see, you know, met you, Dan, about six people in that talk said, you must come here, you must go there. So it, it all happened really organically. and And actually... know i could see that actually this is so needed and so worthwhile there are loads of people doing amazing health talks so it's just interesting how higher self sort of guided me you know i had a kind of intuition that i wanted to help people and work in this community but actually no idea it would end up being finance and crypto and then you know i started crypto cafe to support people and help people i also saw it's such a confusing topic you know people are saying you're a really good communicator at getting things across and I had a really, this, I, will, I won't make this story dominate the whole podcast because it's long, but there was a really interesting point in it where I was kind of halfway through giving some financial reset talks and helping people with crypto, still had this raw food juice in my mind. And I actually bumped into a somebody I knew in the Alps who was in Brighton at a real healthy healthy eating restaurant. I got chatting to them and they just begun their raw food inducing journey and were really passionate about it. And I, it kind of fired that passion up in me. And she said to me, you know, really in a lovely way, saying, well, you're talking about crypto and finance, not much love in that, is there? You know, and I had this kind of guilty feeling. I was like, no, I've fallen off, you know, I had that feeling down of, of maybe I've maybe fallen off my path and I've slipped into a topic that, you know, isn't full of sort of helping and love. And and it was a really great test because I went away and had to sit with it and had a bit of a battle going on. You know, and and she coming from a really great place, which is like she, you know, was getting into her raw food inducing journey, was seeing the power and almost saying to me, Well, I know people in crypto and you know it's not you know it's about making money it's a bit you know it's not much love and you know groundedness in it but in a way in hindsight it was the perfect on the hero's journey the test okay the test to actually look and almost the one that can pull you back away you started down a path you're going there and then something pops up and makes you think hang on but it actually tested my resilience to sit with that think about it and then actually brought me to a really powerful realization that god she's right but actually she's right in a way but what she's saying actually is and what i realize is this topic needs the love and nurture that isn't in it okay there's plenty of love and nurture in all the healers and the people around there but here's a topic that i'm obviously being called to speak to and i'm just i'm responding to what the need is you know i wasn't chasing this or forcing it people are asking me to come but it just you know and it felt like a real profound moment of this topic needs love and nurture more than any that's what it's lacking and to be able to, and now it feels totally right, Dan. And that's how I've ended up here tonight. And that's how we're all here and be on the journey. And it's, 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 it's been incredible, but I just want to tell that because I think it's also whenever we start these discussions about finance or crypto or anything, I want to bring that, that vibe, which is, we're talking about, you know, the energy around it, mm-hmm. transforming the energy around this topic, which can be so negative, can be so confusing, can be so scary. And if we can shift that energy collectively first, help each other that changes everything okay so it's a long story but i think it's an important kind of intro to how how i end up here and 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 what energy i want to bring to this topic and hopefully that's what people are responding to brilliantly
0: yeah, yeah really really powerful story and actually there's a, there's a few layers that i'd like to extract within this because i think it's important firstly the hero's journey part you know that the joseph campbell's hero's journey on the path and it links to kind of the second layer that i want to talk to you about because that reference point of it being a, a non-loving space again mm. is, is multifaceted because you've got the issue where like any market, when it comes to finances, there's always the kind of get rich quick schemes yep. and, and the marketing and the messaging is always driven by that kind of almost like a greed centered mess, yeah. message. And I could understand then why someone would say "There's where's the love now What's important for your hero's journey we're actually being with that moment, particularly what I've observed as well over the last 10 years of working with entrepreneurs, particularly, is this, this concept of kind of shiny object, object syndrome where it, it, the business leaders I've worked with, you know, the early stage, they start on a path, but then the next thing comes along mm. and it excites them and it, they deviate from the path, but then they do it again and they end up zigzagging, zigzag, 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 zigzag never really committing, never really following a path. But it requires that commitment. You know, mastery requires commitment in any endeavor. So the fact that you took took stock, you, you 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 held the space for it, and and you you followed that internal navigation, and kept on the path when so many would have been distracted by something else or or deviated from the path. I think is so so powerful, and I think it's so powerful in the context of this conversation around finance because again, you know, as people start to explore things like crypto. And you shared a brilliant meme with me today. And yeah. <laughs> you said, this is the opposite of what we want to be. Yeah. And it's all, all, you know, all of these videos you see on YouTube of like shock, that open, like the open yeah. mouth syndrome. they like, <laughs> you know, what's yeah. it, you know, what's happening yeah. in the market? It's all this hysteria and it's all like hype and, you know, jump on this, get rich. And it's all this this energy, which yeah. it, it creates fear, uncertainty and doubt.
1: Well, it's noisy, Dan, it's super noisy, you know, super at every level. Noisy. Yeah, it is so distortion and, you know, you can be addicted, can get very addicted, whatever, but it hasn't got that, which we always, and our conversation always rolling back to not the binaries, you know, kind of the excitement or the fear, but actually, where's the middle way? Yes. Where's the balance? And so, bringing balance to this topic, I mean, bringing balance to crypto in itself is so much needed. And, and it does exist. And I think that's the thing. And it does exist in finance, it does exist in markets. It's like, but that's not what people are being delivered, you know. And obviously, that's also a lot of how they control people, which is keep them on a roller coaster. You know, you know, and we always talk about the binaries of the extremes either side, and how the pendulum swinging from excitement, fear, greed, or fear. You know, can we bring it to a central place and get grounded, and from there we can take really good action?
0: Yeah, indeed, and that's that's kind of the third layer, really, in the context because we are living in truly uncertain times, and you know, the reason we've called this podcast the Uncharted. Territory. Territory. (laughs) Thank you. Long day. It's new. Um, It's new. New new. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's not catchy enough. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll protest it tonight. Um, But it it is that idea that we're navigating the emergent property of this, you know, and there will be elements that we know due to the kind of centralized top down impositions. There are things that are, of course, set in motion and we can, to some degree, predict predict and anticipate what's coming. But at the same time some of the implications and consequences are unknown and there's lots of things that we don't know. So as a result, where there is uncertainty, there is a there is a chance or a heightened chance of fear. And as you said, fear is, is used to polarize, it's used to divide, it's keep used to distract. And as a result, it leaves us in a disempowered state. So yeah. what, what I love most about what you've shared, and actually, it, it is what really drew me to your style at the first talk, was A, your, your your way of communicating in such a way. And you've used that term binary again. and the uh, binaries, we talked about it in the pilot as well. You know, it's looking at the two edges of the bell curve, if you will, the two opposite ends of the spectrum and find, you know, and holding the space for all of it, but trying to bring it to a point of understanding where it's, it's, it is that grounded experience of reality. Because, and I described you know I, I describe you to others as kind of like the rock in the river who's gonna which it which which is it brings certainty but without um overconfidence or arrogance yeah. it just it, it sure. just brings a calm energy to it which I personally resonate to because you know again I, I have a history in finance I did spend Nearly eight years working for HSBC, largely in the kind of retail branch, bake, uh banking, branch baking, branch baking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, baking's not my forte. Uh, <laughs> branch cooking. banking. Well, they do a lot of cooking and <laughs> books in there, so there's sure some some sort of baking going on. <laughs> cooking and books. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and, and commercial banking, which is which which is what ultimately led me to leave my financial career behind because I had the privilege of working with everything from you know solo founder start startups. All the way up through to large uh, corporations but I really I really loved working with the, the the people who were just getting started in business the passion they had the hunger mm. and um during the uh, last recession the last moment like this which where there was the kind of early warning signs of uh, of what was to come 2008 2009 that was when I first came face to face with the machine uh, even though I was in the machine you know yeah. d- d- you're, just to be clear, I was nowhere near the top of the ivory tower. You know, I, did, I, did, I didn't get to pull any levers, but I did get to see the levers being pulled. And uh, there was there was this, an exact moment during the course of the recession at that point where the, the banking crisis, where I could see, and I went to my boss and I said, "This is peculiar. It, it feels like if 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 the banks were to internally rectify this situation, there would be no spillover effect. We could actually." Avoid a crisis altogether, and he agreed. But despite yeah. that, this crisis unfolded. And I, I became deeply suspicious because I thought this does not make sense. And, and as it unfolded, and the, the recession hit, and the banking crisis unfolded, it wasn't as simple as just greedy fat cats making mm-hmm. a buck. That was certainly a big driver that was happening.
1: But somehow, it's, an over, it's an oversimplified kind of you know it, it, narrative yeah. that can that can they can people digest. But absolutely, what an important eye opener for you, Dan.
0: Yeah. And that was the beginning of an awakening for me. That was one of many awakenings during that time, 10 years, over over 10 years ago now, 15 years ago. Um, But, but similarly, you know, I bring that experience and background to these conversations and a a, a more traditional understanding of finance, but also now an increasingly awakened mind, which is why I'm excited by this conversation that we're bringing, because we're able to bring our kind of diverse backgrounds together and, you know, hopefully hold that grounded space for people to explore this because you know that third layer of fear uncertainty and doubt I saw it the first time around the last recession and, and yep. it's happening now but we've got a whole new layer of problems this time around you that was the
1: pre-echo warm-up really yeah event which is what we're in now Yeah.
0: yeah and I know a lot of our community who are here tonight are probably here because they share that fear uncertainty and doubt and are kind of looking how do we protect our assets how do we safeguard our finances but not just that you know how do we actually decipher what our options are moving yep. forward whether it's crypto or gold or property or other, other assets you know so people are looking for guidance so you know this to me is a really exciting exploration that term navigating we're navigating this together so
1: would you share a little bit about you know your ethos around this which you've, you've you've brought to this yeah well I think I think just what you said there about options down we do have so many options and why almost going back to that original thing of I'm never coming saying you know I am the expert do this do that I mean I wouldn't do that anyway but you know the real message is let's shine a light on the options you know I might have done a lot more legwork. I have done a lot of you know not more not necessarily more than everybody but you know I'm immersed in this so for me, it's shining light on options that a lot of people don't know what options exist, even. Um, but if you combine that, I think the powerful combination, Dan, is the energy plus the practicalities. Okay. Often, again, we see people addressing energy, you know, and that's amazingly important, and people addressing, you know, kind of practicalities. But, you know, the real sweet spot is bringing those two together. And that's really what what is where the magic is. You know, the, the there's always, you know, combining those forces rather than being all in energy sort of you know shifted too much into just energetically or or just into into the sort of mundane practical bring them together which is if we shift the energy around this topic that we are getting out of fear getting into motion because the fear is uh, at its core is paralyzing you know that's the biggest block is it's not the practicalities it's the paralysis and being stuck from taking decisions if we can get moving and you know get each other moving and that's what helps and that's you know, Dan, that's why you said that we record those conversations is I keep moving because I, I need those conversations. I need those dialogues for myself. So I thrive on those dialogues because I learn, you know, we all learn off each other, you know, and we learn off. Some people have more awareness on areas. We learn off them. But the richness and the keeping moving is the dialogue. So absolutely. But but not negating the real practicality because we do, live, you know, you know, I, I think I'm i'm really in tune with a you know i like to be with the astrology what's going on the energies but equally really grounded in taking you know sometimes really boring mundane action it's both and not either or okay we always come the binaries it's both so but if we could bring us both into balance you can do great things um and part of what i want to say about getting out the fear is that what people can sometimes slip into you know um when you understand how many nefarious agendas there are and the kind of control structure where they want to go is it some people can fall into the the trap of you know a financial reset is all them. Mm. They are doing a financial reset. Okay. When you understand that a lot of these things are cycles playing out and that a reset needs to happen. Okay. It, financial reset needs to happen. You, don't, you know, they want it to go in a certain way, but it, it's gonna be it needs to be reset anyway. So I think sometimes people get stuck in fear and almost go, I want to resist any change, I want to stay where we are. But we're in a broken system already. That not healthy and isn't working for most people we're honest so rather than being sort of stuck and saying i want to stay with my current slave system debt-based you know fiat currency back by nothing slave system because i'm scared of what's coming yes i understand we'd be vigilant about their plans but equally it's an amazing opportunity for us to start learning and pivoting and creating better things ourselves because it's not that the elites or whatever word you want to use you know um, the mischief gang somebody I know to call them I quite like that term you know they it's not that they control the cycles they just understand the cycles and they understand when they're kicking in but but we all are in the cycles and we can all leverage and we we can all ride the waves we can all pivot so it's interesting because I'm I'm kind of interested in, in astrology on the macro level and sometimes I remember recently looking and I won't get into details of it because I'll probably get it wrong and forget and astrology will pick me up and say <laughs> no it's not Pluto but you know, something about Pluto shifting for the first time into another, into Aquarius for a long period and that this was a really good time to create new structures, okay? And, of course, that's what they're doing. Yes. But that's not that, – they don't have exclusivity on that energy. <laughs> no, that's okay, right. So that's, that's really important to remember. The energy is the energy. And absolutely, they're aware of it and they're using it to create new structures. But rather than being thrall and kind of like, you know, understand it like kind of, oh, my God, they're creating that, creating that, what can we really do? You know, we discussed it on the last pilot. The tricksters aren't going to stop playing their tricks, trying. But we can get busy creating ourselves and doing stuff. And a lot of what they rely on is us remaining in fear, remaining in thrall of their plans, whether we're for them or against them or angry about them. And because it expends all our energy and takes our energy away from taking tangible steps you know, at a personal, local, family, community level that they can't control. You know, we want to contribute more by fear, by narratives. So I think taking back our power and owning that we we can do things, but it does take effort and it does take proaction. But that that is the sovereign way. Um, and but by getting moving, I think what's really been interesting for me because I'm obviously I'm working in space now a lot, so that gives me the discipline to stay into a lot of the info constantly. Is that the more you sit with it, the more stay with it, the more you see options you didn't even know existed. Yes. Now they're not going to come and knock on your door if you're not making a taking a step towards them yourself. I think that's really important that you know there are opportunities everywhere. And there are this is a, it's almost like when the old system is going down, that's a kind of opening up. Yes. Yes, they want to close down the gates and really try and corral people, but actually there's there's a window of opportunity here, you know. And maybe some of you out there, you know, are, have been really financially savvy and clued up, and maybe it's just about pivoting now into Maybe different asset classes are looking at or maybe like many of us, because we weren't educated about money, um, you know, always being confused. This is a great opportunity to finally, you know, get, get clear. And obviously, with the help of, you know, support and listen to people you, you, you really want to, that you resonate with, is get clear and get empowered about topics that have always stressed you. And I always give my, you know, mum as an example because she's, you know, in her 70s, always been highly stressed by money um you know left it my dad but he did pass away you know last year sadly but you know that's forced her to look at it and obviously you know she she hangs out with me quite a lot and you know has to come to lots of my talks and listens to me endlessly she's now i've seen the shift in her where she's actually finding it interesting and you know well fascinating really i'm getting empowered because it's like so much of the fear is is not understanding where you are where we are what you know what what money is today or you know what the markets are. And and I want to reassure people uh, hopefully from my talks because it's not as complex as they want you to think it is. You know, and that's all does by design so that you feel stressed. And you know, it's that classic, you need experts, you know, you need our experts to to do everything. And we, you know, outsource to us and we'll we'll slowly rob you. Okay. But if we can get in power and understand, that is the beginning of transforming our relationship to money going forward. So it's I think it's really valuable work regardless of where you're at, or regardless of what your situation is, because because it is the universal subject that affects us all, you know. And I like, I always like somebody somebody told me this great line I like to repeat, which is, you know, a lot of people are scared by the markets, okay, like you know the volatility of markets, but when you realise we're all in the market, you can't not be in the market. You're in it with your wages, with your if you're if you're transacting, you're in it. So, you know, once you can relax into that, there's no escaping it. But if you can go towards it you know then you can you can there are things you can do there are always options then so always give a longer answer than a snippet <laughs> but i hope that's that's yeah. um, kind yeah, of that's, that's, ethos that. of where we're at yeah that's i think that's a challenge for both of us <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah communication um <laughs> which like is
0: I'm
1: why saying... we're having a weekly podcast coming up <laughs> yes because, yeah because you right. know we are not and it's a botanist topic yeah, but once you get the dialogue going that's what's so exciting is that you go on a journey and it's not even in, that's why I'm so excited about when I give talks live, you know, and it's great to do them on Zoom now, but I do love them live because we get a dialogue going. And in a sense, the biggest thing is people, you know, not having that dialogue with each other, you know, and once you've got a dialogue going between yourselves, then that just shifts the energy. It doesn't even mean somebody's got the, the binary, do this, do that, but it's got you moving. And once you're moving, it's much easier to keep moving. It's very hard when you're at a standing start to get any momentum. And the more you're moving, as you said, Dan, this is going to be a constantly evolving space and no one knows how it's going to play out but you don't need to but if you're moving you can then pivot and and kind of you know and ride the waves and look at them and and you know i don't want to be cheesy but i do mean get creative with this as much as we can let's let's move it from a fear-based you know mitigating everything into a yeah we can do some mitigation but we also do some real creation
0: absolutely i mean we i did a webinar just before christmas called how to thrive during uncertain times and if you're a member for the Elevate community, you can see the replay of that inside the community. We may have put it on the uh, YouTube channel now as well. Um, but within that, I talked about the psychology and the, the, the kind of neuroscience around how we become disempowered and get into that stuck state in the presence of fear, uncertainty and doubt. And one of the things that we clearly learned during the course of the COVID chapter was that fear is the most contagious virus. Yep. That, that was That was visceral during mm-hmm. the course of the last three years, and it still is that and the, the reality is within the communities that you and i operate there is still a lot of fear and we we spoke about this the other day you, you can be in fear of the virus or you can be in fear of the kind of the reset itself and the totalitarianism the tyranny that's unfolding and it's okay to kind of witness the fear fear is that fear is a survival mechanism and, and to be with it and to to kind of but I, I i like the term dance with the fear you know get playful with it because if, if you fall into its into the trap of going into that
1: uncertainty you'll find yourself in that stuck state but you'll totally. also... yeah and you maybe even shift. i want to shift the word down almost fear to vigilance
0: yes you, know, you can be
1: alert and vigilant and aware without being in fear you know more like that you know that kind of animal state which is at peace but equally you know we do live in a, in a place with threats and kind of and predators you know uh, at some level energetic wise and therefore yeah we, we're vigilant but we're not, you know, being being caught in flight or fight, you know, fight or flight is where they want us because that lowers our immune system and you know stops us taking any any creative action. And we are creative people, you know, particularly in these communities.
0: Well, well absolutely, uh, and I think it's important. It's, it's it's difficult. There's, yeah, I grew up on the coast, uh, on the Devonshire coast, down in Torbay, and we've just we've just moved to Bournemouth. But there is this. Um, all along the Brixham harbor where my grandparents used to live there would be people just dangling these kind of crab catching things into the i should know all the terms you know i haven't grown up in these areas but people are just trying to catch crabs and there's this interesting metaphor when you catch and this is this is this is real when you when you catch crabs and you put them in a bucket if you watch their behavior if one crab tries to escape to its freedom they're, they're climbing out this is genuine the other crabs in the bucket will pull them back down mm-hmm. to stop them from Getting their freedom, and the, that's an important metaphor because even within the communities that we operate in, that fear can take over the the, the, the group or the community very very quickly. And you know, you, you see people taking powerful action; they're stepping forward, but then someone will try and pull them back and say, "Oh, that's that's a scam or that's a controlled opposition." And all of a sudden, you know, by virtue of what someone else has said, they've effect- effectively pulled them back into the fear zone and taken away that person's sovereignty and their ability to be, you know, fully uh, um, responsible
1: for their own decisions. Massively, Dan. You, I mean, you must have seen it on your own personal, you know, journey. I've seen it, and uh, where really well-meaning people, especially when you're chasing your dreams. It's almost like, yeah, you get very well-meaning people who do care about you, but unfortunately they're trying to pull you back in, get back in. Sam, there's a, just to stop you there. There's a message in the the,
0: the chat. It sounds like the sound has gone funny. I thought it might have just been my device, but it, I think there's a sound disturbance. It sounds like uh, it, you might want to just check. How's that? It. Yeah, that's it. yeah, you got it. Yeah, got maybe. it. Is that better? Apologies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. rewind.
1: <laughs> is it still alright?
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry. We, this is the beauty of doing a live one that we're not broadcasting to the. We can cut this little
1: bit out and put it back. Put it. It was a sound. It wasn't just a gone on a funny tangent. No, no,
0: that's the fact. the
1: sound. Yeah, so rewind. Yeah, I think that thing of when you're, you know, even when you're making breakthroughs or you're following your dreams or on your path, you can have really well-intentioned people want to pull you back in, and not even consciously, because often there's a comfort of all being in the same spot together. You know, when you're often 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 breaking out and doing different things, people sometimes want to say we feel feel more comfortable. We're all, you know, together and and not doing that. So, you know. I think the beauty in having ongoing dialogues because I've seen it so much and what's excited me is seeing people shift around the topic and move from that fear into that creative excitement and I think we I'm, I'm sure hundreds of on this on this you know podcast who are watching live or listening later on the sound gremlins
0: have got you again Sam I'm afraid how's that yeah back again yeah yeah and we can't blame the Gremlins this time because uh, Zoom, believe it or not, is actually end-to-end encrypted. So, <laughs>
1: Okay. Am I still yeah,
0: okay? Yeah, you're okay. Yeah. During the course of the COVID chapter of the pandemic podcast, we literally had, we we saw ourselves getting live censored on YouTube, Facebook. We'd see, you know, at one point we had some like 5,000 people watching live and it just went down to like 50. We're like, was were we that uninteresting that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that many people dropped off? Um, So, yeah, so this is an important subject, Sam. And, and, you know, over the course of this week, we're going to be recording these conversations every single week on the uh, Uncharted Territory um, podcast and exploring themes around the financial reset, crypto. Um, But I'd like to touch on both of those subjects very briefly, because one of the in the context of what we were just discussing around what other people's views are around these things, different people's beliefs and how those beliefs and understandings can influence ourselves. There's a lot of noise around crypto, and I know this is a big conversation. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about it a lot over the course of the weeks ahead. Um, but I find it interesting, you know, if I look at the history of crypto, and I actually discovered Bitcoin in 2011 when I just before, like really in its infancy, just before I'd left, maybe 2012, just before I left uh, HSBC,
1: started my own path. Discovered I, but didn't buy, Dan.
0: Exactly. That's <laughs> that, that was the f- serious fatal flaw and again, it's perception because, OK, it probably was more complicated to acquire a Bitcoin back then. Yeah. Really, in the scheme, scheme of things, <laughs> and I look back now and if I bought just one Bitcoin, it would have been you know, worth 15. You know, I don't know what it's worth in today's money, but just even a fraction. I think I looked at £100 pounds worth. I bought £100 pounds worth. It would be worth something
1: like fifteen grand today. Um, I'm going to bust your myth there, Dan. Because if you had bought, you, would have, you wouldn't have rode it that long. No,
0: I'd I'd have, I'd have bottled it.
1: What if some good stories, but unless you've into a coma and woken up, because because that no one knew the easy if I put it in, say you to quit it like then. Your
0: that, that, Sam, your sound is is not loving life. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You might have to go retro to your old device. I'm
1: going to my old device. Is that better? Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah. Is that better? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> I've, I've had to ditch the new microphone. I'm sorry. yeah, yeah,
0: it, it, yeah if, if it's not the mic, it may be the connection, but we're good. So yeah, I I, I if I'd bought my Bitcoin, A I'd have probably bottled it, but you were saying
1: Well, that the you know, every time there's been a bear market, i.e., you get huge rising, but people think that's the end. Okay. Yeah. And you wouldn't have the future. So you could have thought that's it maxed out. So you might have done, you know, 10x your money and thought, well, this is as good as you're gonna get. So you would have sold. so it's very rare for people to have ridden it all the way from, you know, it, it's beginnings at, at 8, 10% to its peak at $69,000. You know, you either were an insider with, with prescience or you had a, you know, fell into a coma and woke up. <laughs> and it also, so, yeah, I, I want to ease your pain of what it's done. Thank you. Yeah. OK, thanks for that. Uh,
0: but but what I did uh, as like I mean, there was like a New Year's resolution almost every year. I said, this is the year I'm going to I'm going to do it. You know, I procrastinated massively and I've I made my first investments last year. Um And, you know, with the intention, actually, of what you've just stated, I've got a long term view. The, the investments I've made, I want to hold, you know, I want to I want to go long on those. So I'm not looking. In fact, I haven't even. I've only looked at their performance about two or three times since I purchased them about a year ago. Because I'm just looking, you know, as long as they haven't completely been eradicated off the map, you know, <laughs> you know. You know, I had I had that with First Direct, you know, when I was working for HSBC when the financial crisis, I thought this is they're not going to allow a bank to collapse. I'm going to get these now. What was it at the bottom? Mistake. <laughs> off oh, oh, the chart they went. Um, um, but that's a different story. Um, but what was interesting, tracking its course during that time is largely. Uh, and you know, freedom has always been one of my highest values. You know, I, I'm drawn to freedom communities, always have been, um, always fiercely independent. So you know, when I tracked its early course, it, it was really to me, it was very much a disruptive technology. It, it, to me, I saw it as almost this anarchic freedom seeking, and there is this huge, you know, parallel freedom communities. You know, when when, when our community talk about the kind of freedom movement, they're thinking in terms of. What's happened in the last couple of years with COVID and now the financial reset and the great reset and everything that's going around it, but there's there's, there's been this long-standing financial freedom space, and, and it crypto I feel has got its history in that spot. But interestingly, now there's a great skepticism amongst kind of today's freedom movement around crypto, and I can understand why with you know the emergence of central bank digital currencies and the kind of authoritarian nature of the kind of governance that we're seeing right now. So I understand not only the scepticism, but the fear. But what would you say to people just, you know,
1: who are looking at this with a sceptical eye, you know, in terms well, of... Well, you're spot on Dan, and it does tie nicely into your story, because, you know, big part of your waking up was that 2008, and Bitcoin was a response to that, in essence, which is, you know, cutting out the, the parasite banks and looking at a peer-to-peer system, you know, for the people. So decentralised. So, you know, it, it makes perfect sense that you would have come, a, come across it in that sense. And that is absolutely the foundation of it. And I think what's happened is that people newer to crypto are now lumping it in with this kind of idea that anything digital is bad. Because we are absolutely heading towards, you know, that's their plans towards, you know, digital versus things used for more surveillance, more control. But that's not the full story. And I think I always talk about, you know, I like to talk about the holistic view that there is the good, bad and the ugly in it. There's everything, the full spectrum. You know as there are in the cycles you know we talk about shifting from you know age of pisces to age of aquarius well it's not that pisces is good or, or pisces bad aquarius is good they have the full light dark spectrum in them in the full gamma at, at, at either end so and therefore crypto has that fully in it as well absolute freedom um, ethos decentralization it's core and the tech can be used for surveillance and control so it's really important to understand the full spectrum. And that's why I say education is your first step to then, before you pass judgment on something, you know, and and understand what it is before you, you know, either say I'm fully in or I'm fully out or, so then you can decide how you want to interact with it or if you want to do it or so there's no right answer, but the absolute foundation is to understand it. And, you know, my my issue is, is there's always been people sort of throwing accusations from a place of not understanding you know and that's just not helpful on an education point of view because it's it just well, it's simply a lot of it's just simply not true you know and we've we've talked about it before but there are people absolutely criticizing crypto you know using it to their benefit in a freedom decentralized way quite rightly like odyssey you know these decentralized streaming platforms are crypto blockchain technology and the reason they're uncensored is because they are decentralized blockchain as opposed to YouTube, which is you know the earlier iteration of the internet, which is what we call web 2.0. So therefore, you know, there is a genuine use case which we can all look, you know, is tangible, we can all understand. But there are lots of people using that whilst and I even you know the irony being on that platform delivering the message that everything to crypto is evil. You know, <laughs> yes, yes. there's that great irony and again, it's, it's not to tell me, but it's just it's just a great example of you know people not really understanding the the full picture and having a viewpoint and then you know waxing lyrical about it without knowing and it's always which is why our podcast Any is going to work binaries it's always more nuanced than that and actually more interesting because there's so much to dive into um and you are absolutely write down this whole shift to what people are dubbing web 3 okay yes. which is the shift from web 2.0 and interestingly people have seen my other talks and, and the cycles it's also a cycle because 28 year cycle is very important in our world because Saturn, I don't know if people are aware of the end their life cycle, Saturn return is usually very pivotal every 28 years. So Often you get three parts of your life. If you, if you are somebody who's not in astrology, did you have a big shift around age 27, 28? Often they'll have really momentous. Same again at, you know, at the next 28 year cycle. So initially the internet as we know it, you know, the kind of modern internet really began probably around, you know, uh, 94, you know, we're really kind of coming through and actually we're 28 years on to its next iteration. So it is moving from web 2.0 into web 3.0. So that is a shift in itself naturally and, and you have to write down and there are people who, who see that as a utopian shift and it could be left to its own devices, but we know that things aren't left to their own devices to organically because you've got two, well, you've got two factors you've got absolutely clearly nefarious agenda controls mixed with the challenges of human behavior, of greed and of control. So, you know, a large aspect, most prominent aspect is in my opinion, the agendas, but also, um, you know, people's greed and and their own fear and, and acting not from a balanced place is also affected because it's the same revolution as the internet, really. People saw that as a panacea for, you know, democratization, whatever the next level of the, internet, of the internet web 3.0 is really about at its essence us controlling our own data us you know owning our own you know owning things personally and us deciding how much privacy we give up or don't and if we do on our terms so web 3 is an absolutely incredible development but i'm just very realistic that you know the powers that be don't want it to evolve in that way and what they're busy, you know trying to you know take hold of this shift and and corral it and control it as much as they can
0: as yes. they've done on the internet.
1: Yes. So it's not that they created all the shifts or that they run all the shifts. The shifts happen, they get things under, but they want to try and corral people into viewing it a certain way, using it a certain way, rather than you know, letting it organically solve a lot of the issues it could well do. So you're absolutely right Dan the real core ethos at the start is, is about freedom decentralization, not yes. about whereas the, the irony being that of course as always they're doing the absolute antithesis, which is taking that movement and using the tech to create an absolutely most centralized form of digital stones control. So there are the two spectrums, you know, there. there's the yin and yang, the dark and light, all within the same tech. The tech itself is neutral. Uh, absolutely. So, 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 the so there's
0: a, again, a couple of strands here that we'll, we'll extract very briefly and then we'll 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 kind of move into the final stages before we close out for Q uh, QA. Um but the, <laughs> the at the core of it is that opportunity to take greater control as an individual, yeah, the personal responsibility that comes with that. But here is where it gets tricky, and it, it wraps around everything we've talked about so far. The opportunity is there, the opportunity for us to have greater sovereignty and control over our data, our privacy, our future, uh, the idea of you'll own nothing and be happy that's touted with the Great Reset. You know, the opposite could be true with with the emergent properties of Web3, blockchain, etc. We we have we have access to a once in a lifetime, maybe twice in a lifetime opportunity uh, with what's emerging if we know how to navigate it. But the difficulty, Sam, the worry I have is, is 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 how do we go beyond awakening? Because awakening to its potential is one thing. Yeah. But then moving beyond the awakening itself into becoming empowered and then taking action because we know that those with the agenda and the power and the control already they're steamrolling. <laughs> yeah, they're in it, they're in the game, they're moving forward. But like you say, they're they're structuring it, they're centralizing it, they're trying to own it, manage it, you know. The, Open AI was bought basically by
1: Microsoft and like put, put as most closed AI you can ever have. So- yeah, so this- what we've discussed in, in, in some of the previous chats. You know, they, they allow, you know, creative people to create solutions. They go in and destroy, you know, make them bankrupt and buy them up to control them. So they're very yes. good at that system. They're not very creative. They're the dark destroyers, but they allow lure creative people to create solutions. Well, we'll come in, you know, and take it off your hands that's 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 what's going on in, in decentralized finance now. absolutely finance for the people and us having control and the individual being able to be you know the unbanked being able to be banked but on their terms in a permissionless fashion so absolutely that's that's what i'm watching play out which which i knew would play out and i'm just watching it with curiosity at the moment
0: yes but that, again that to me is again it leads to a state of apathy and it leads that it creates so. a this is how the cycle perpetuates you know it's always the small percentage the one percent if you will that will capitalize on these even though the opportunities that okay you know we'll argue that the one percent have already got the assets to make these things move um that's a fair argument but the opportunity is certainly there and it's figuring out how to, to to access those opportunities to leverage them for your own good and i think in order for you know and I, 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 one of my dear friends, who probably come on the show with us, is of that utopian view yeah. that this this offers that kind of decentralized potential. And I agree with the potential is there, but I'm skeptical because of the systems, the structures, the human psychology. But nothing is certain. You know, we we have we have the future is yet to be written, and we have the opportunity if we can galvanize enough people to to, to into this awakened state to say. Actually, I'm going to play my part, become an active participant in shaping Web3, shaping the future and actually ousting,
1: <laughs> you know, well, you the, cl- just, the clutches. You just nailed it. You recapped it, Dan, which is really they rely on people being passive. If you're passive, their wave will take you and slam you on the beach. And it will, But if you are active, you can paddle out and surf it. But it, it, it's exactly that shift is that um, you have to go towards it and learn and do the hard work. You know and that's what people there would be you know to to stop it being completely niche like whole, you know areas of the internet where the, the kind of early cyberpunks did stay free and used it in their way but they become very niche that's the concern that you know they'll most corral most people into you know their version of blockchain whatever and that absolutely it would exist in a decentralized way but that you know the fear would be i don't use the word fear but the potential would be if people don't Get educated, learn that there'd only be the real techie people who understand that. And yes. I think that's where, like, just getting educated to use these tools and, and, and get behind them and, 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 again, understand it, You know, understand what it is, what it isn't. And, and, you know, that's why I said there's some great books to read, really balanced ones, and I'll have to show people that will give you an understanding of what this whole blockchain use cases are. And it's, it's extraordinary when you understand it. For good, always for that caveat for good, bad, and ugly purposes, but it's really not just digital currencies, you know as we discussed it's it really is the next iteration of the internet, um, and it is a huge shift and I think that's that's my kind of ethos as well that this shift is coming, and rather than try and resist it, resisting is I, I equate to saying I'm going to try and hold back the internet in two thousand <laughs> yeah. uh, um, you know you know, whether you like tech or not, I always say, I'm not a real techy, geeky guy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm coming to this from Hopefield, which is hopefully why I can, you know, communicate it to people, because I'm not coming from that kind of background, I'm coming from a real um, holistic view of it, is if you can understand it, then you can really get a clearer picture of what's happening. And then that helps you navigate, you know, where you're gonna go or where it fits right or not, you know? And, and, and just, just having that position, rather than being a passive victim, of what they create you know? because they do rely a lot on, on like i said people being in inaction being fear and they can't control all that but they want to just corral you through through fear and through narratives you know? so you have to have the, that the opportunities are all there and it's this is a this is a shift so we let's get busy and get creative and 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 and, and i suppose it's an opportunity to do better things than we than we did before anyway you know at all levels
0: yes no i agree absolutely i think education is the key um to becoming empowered to moving beyond that state of awareness uh, and awakening education is the first step to empowerment in my view it's 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 the knowledge but the knowledge transforms
1: into wisdom only through action itself and um and of course the way the way they'll use the same kind of argument to to lock stuff down and regulate it is well for your own safety you know it's too wild west so i give i want to give this example so you know um people sometimes say well crypto has got no value to it but really what crypto is is code so saying it's got no value it's code and networks saying that's got no value is like saying you know uber and airbnb have no value okay these are multi multi-billion dollar companies because they're, they're networks and built on code programming but what's so interesting is, if blockchain has left its own devices you could now create a blockchain version, decentralized version of Uber and Airbnb. Because what Airbnb have done is credit resolution, but it's centralized in that all the data and all the payments have to go through Airbnb. So it is about connecting people, you know, viewing us all as peer-to-peer people and, and, and Uber as well, i.e., you've got space in your car, there's a passenger. So we're having that amazing connection of, of services good services between peers, but it's still all funneling through a centralized centralized system. they they're getting the data. They're taking huge fees, they're in control. So actually, as we've known, Uber and these things haven't necessarily been good for people. But with blockchain tech, you can actually create that same network, but make it totally peer-to-peer. You know, so it's really the the, the, the transformation that's possible. But imagine again the, the way that they try and deal with that is we say, well, we can't let people, it's too dangerous to do that. They need, you know, so regulation is always their way to say, as we know, you know for your own safety is the line isn't it <laughs> yeah someone said to me I may have you Sam I
0: can't remember who said it now but it's a great quote that regulation is is is, is the, the path to legalizing corruption <laughs> it's just just I think such a powerful uh sentiment um look we've been speaking for nearly an hour now and this latter part I think illustrates the depth of the types of conversation that's possible here there are so many angles to navigate, and um, that's certainly our intention here on this podcast. You know, brand new podcast, uncharted territory, um, and we've called it that because you know the future is unknown. We are at a critical juncture. What's coming next could change everything, negatively or positively. We'll likely see volatility in the markets. There is, there is, there is change occurring at every level. You know, we can make some predictions and assessments about what could unfold with the financial reset you know people are asking you know is it here yet when's it going to happen almost like expecting kind of a black friday type event where it's just like the collapse or you know for the the media to start talking about institutions collapsing like in the banking crisis but i think this is something bigger and more organic um it, it you know it, it could lead to all manner of things the end of fiat currency it could lead to all kinds of surveillance
1: structures and so so on we don't know although no, the mechanism- I want to jump in, Daniel. I'm glad you said that because I do get, you know, people almost are looking for a binary day when it's happening <laughs> yes. and then it's over. Because yes. almost like that result of, oh God, it's over. How did I do? Did I make it through? You know, and and interesting, you know, people who've been to my talks know that I talked a lot about the Shemitah cycles, and that's why things began ramping up in, in in 2022. But then once that info gets sort of bigger awareness, then they leverage that and start pushing people to. Oh, it's going to happen at the end of September. I don't know if people here remember there's a lot to, you know, as soon as somebody's pointing at a date, that's not it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thousands of sort of, you know, commentators on YouTube are all saying it's all going to go down tomorrow. That's not it. And equally, I'm going to answer the question of when's the financial reset? It's already happened, it's happening, and it's going to continue happening. All three. So, in a sense, the 1929 level of crash, if you had a traditional portfolio, which, you know, kind of old-school financial advisors would give people would be 6% equities, 4% bonds. You've already had your 929 crash. It's done. But, but, you know, crashes look different, because we're in a different time. Hmm. And, and, you know, in 1929, they didn't have this endless, you know, digital printing of fresh money. They're, they're basically, you know, since 2008 now, they're just creating new ways of massaging the game, of plugging holes, whatever, you know, delaying the inevitable. So. I think it's important to go this is ongoing it's not going to be overnight you know so almost getting out of fear and i don't mean settle into it as in you know settle in and watch the show but settle into this being a process and that if we're moving and in, and in emotion ourselves then yeah we're going to react and it's and exactly that we're 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 vigilant and we may take action and we're we're looking at positioning ourselves in the most strong you know way possible that that gives you that peace of mind that you're not overexposed to third party risk to sitting too much in currency that's worth nothing. So there are always capitalities, but it's not going to be a overnight, you know, win-lose, this has happened, that's happened. It's going to be ongoing. And so being able to pivot and just send energy and get creative is, is what's going to transform the journey. And you know that's what I'm I'm doing. That's what you know I want to do and that's why we have regular chats and and I think that's that's how we're going to navigate it together. And people are often looking for kind of you know, the experts, but the experts of, you know, the experts today are all the experts of yesterday. Okay, there aren't really an experts because we're moving into uncharted territory. So what you know, I try and seek out and with each other is, you know, um, thinking outside the box, trailblazers, and no one can tell you how it's gonna happen. So we do need to settle into the uncertainty and, and embrace that, you know, and, and look, and like I said, not be totally in fear, just it's uncertain, but that's okay because life's always been uncertain.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I would agree with that. that you know, there's some of the conventional financial advice is, is way off the mark at the moment. Yeah, it's also unlikely to be accurate or
1: viable in the current environment. Um, well, we've yeah. never had the shift that's coming. So I always get an example like 1929. A lot of people, you know, maybe the early truthers of the time who understood like we had a bit of pressings about what was going on. You know, they fled fiat currency, knowing that it was going to hyperinflation, and they got into gold and silver, which is still great today but equally there wasn't much else to flee to. You know, they got into commodities and precious metals, but we live in an age where there are all sorts of different asset classes where the money might flow. So there are, there are different, it's a, you know, crashes like history it doesn't repeat, it rhymes, but it's always different because you are in a different age.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think this is why it's absolutely crucial that people kind of sift through the noise and the fear and the misinformation and the outright propaganda to start to piece together the kind of bigger picture, but also the more micro and meso opportunity, you know, the, the ground yeah. level opportunities. The reality is that people, lo- you know, I saw it firsthand in 2008, 2009, people lose that financially in these times of profound change because they bury their heads in the sand and fail to see a fail to take stock of what's coming yeah. or or fail to take action in the midst of the storm. You know, I've got so many stories I could tell during the time. I was still in banking during that time. I saw so many horror stories, and it was large, you know, the problem was largely a function, of the fact that, you know, people w- weren't willing to kind of open their eyes to what was happening and and course correct to navigate um, and take appropriate action. You know, yeah. so many businesses that I saw go under could have actually avoided it if they would taken different actions, which is part of the reason why I left my career behind because whilst I was working in corporate, I couldn't give any advice. Um, yeah,
1: because if we accept, if we, if, we, if we almost for a minute park all agendas, I know that's quite difficult because we, we reward so many, but if, let's, for a moment, let's park them all. We understand we're in shifting, changing times anyway. Therefore, being adaptable and pivot is key, even without the agendas on top. So I think you're actually right, Dan, people who've been able to pivot and, and be adaptable have always been able to do well. So, I, I, you know, and understand, and even at that core level for me, basic financial education, which is not super boring, Tom Gale, but it just takes out, that confusion i just want to say that you know when critical thing happened in 1971 you know which was about that same thing 20 years after the bretton woods agreement so again that cycle that was around 43 44 28 years later we come off the gold standard okay but a lot of people didn't even understand what had happened the people who understood what had happened adapted and and realized this is the beginning of us having money fake money okay and that was the beginning of the of the real wealth divide going absolutely crazy because the elites were printing fake money and buying real assets and stealing value from the people through money printing. So then again, the people who answered what had happened, did adapt. Yes. Oh, and Ray Dalio gives a great story. I know you've mentioned Ray Dalio before, down that he, you know, he does some great talks. He's, he's quite mainstream, but he's very put up in cycles economically, that he was, he was a young trader on Wall Street in 1971 when Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard. And essentially, to simplify things, you know they blow they, they, they inflated their own debt bubble already, even backed by gold, by having a massive trade deficit, the u s so rather than pay their debts, they just changed the rules. so we're not paying our debts, it's no longer backed by gold, but of course, it was a and like most of these government measures, it was a temporary measure of course mm-hmm. that never went back <laughs> yes. okay? and then he got enrolled in all the scandals and people forgot, but it literally was announced you know they stopped the program, announcing a program most people had no idea what it meant and ray dalio was a young trader and he understood that that meant that basically they're admitting they're bankrupt in terms you know they've got they you know they've got such a trade deficit that they're screwed so he his understanding was well that's you know terrible news to the economy he went into wall street the next morning thinking the markets will crash because you know they basically admitted that you know in serious trouble here the markets opened and they went on a huge you know, run up. And that taught him as a young trader that the smart money moved out of the, moved out of the currency because they realized it was no longer backbending and they moved into assets. Okay. So therefore, those people who understood what was going on, understood what that meant, having a currency backed by nothing, moved to the currency of the equation and did really well. Yes. So again, those simple sort of shifts of understanding can transform your, your financial moves.
0: Well, I think that's important, Sam. And, and yeah, you know, I'll take us into the kind of wrap up of this conversation now. Uh, Dalio, I just you know, if you haven't heard of Ray Dalio, it's D A L I O. Ray Dalio, um, he's got a fantastic thirty minute summary of the kind of market cycles on YouTube. Just uh, look look it up; you'll find it if you type in his name, "market cycles." It will come up. Um, but interestingly, his view on the current situation is bleak. You know, he he thinks that this is going to be worse than. 2008, um, because there's so many new variables as we've touched upon. Um, So I think, you know, if if I was to kind of encapsulate everything we've talked about, it's about knowledge, uh, becoming aware, becoming empowered, and then finding the appropriate action to take, because the actions that we can take today could radically alter our own future, both individually and collectively as a society. And, you know, whether we go down the centralized path or decentralized path, we have the power to influence that, that, that future. But I know people will be listening in today, or watching, thinking, whoa, there's so much to learn. There's so much to get my head around. So I just want to break down three layers that we are that you know, three ways that we are here to support. Firstly, what you're watching now, if you're with us in the Zoom room, this is our live recording of our first episode of the Uncharted Territory podcast. We've released a pilot a couple of weeks back, uh, but we're going to be coming at you every single week. Um, on the podcast having conversations like this the way this one's gone sam we, we've gone a little rogan-esque i think you know we we could sit in the studio for three hours at a time and uh, each episode could be quite lengthy uh, maybe maybe we'll do that maybe we should get together in person and record full-length conversations but every week we'll be on the podcast you'll be able to access this on youtube odyssey rumble apple spotify all the major platforms you'll be able to tune into this this conversation conversations just like this The second layer is our course that we worked together on um, earlier last year, the digital assets course, um, which is really a primer into crypto. It explains the kind of foundations, the history, how to get your currency into crypto, um, how to get it out of crypto, gives you kind of a, a kind of walkthrough of how to build a kind of investment thesis, if that's what you're interested in. But even if you're not interested in crypto itself, the foundational knowledge that we've talked about today will give you that edge to actually be able to join the conversation in other contexts. And you'll just have the awareness, a deeper awareness of what's really happening. Um, but as a result of creating that course, you know, we've had hundreds of people go through that now with, with really some amazing feedback. And, you know, thanks to Sam, who's really led that material, curated that conversation we've decided to go a further step based on the requests and feedback from our members of that course. Many people ask the question, what next? How do we continue the journey? How do we deepen our knowledge? Because a lot of people are looking at this from a number of lenses. They want to protect their assets. They want to safeguard their funds, because when all this chaos is unfolding and I, my parents are in that bucket, you know, they're seeing their pension pot hit you know so people are are worried about their financial future based upon what's happening and if there is a market collapse how do we protect those assets there's that layer but there's also the layer of okay well what are my options you touched upon a few of them today sam you know what are what what's the alternative should i be looking at gold should i be looking at property should i be looking at crypto and if i'm going to look at crypto that's a whole new world where do i even begin which we touch upon in the course but how do i now start to assess The world and navigate it as it unfolds so in response to the feedback of our members uh, almost by request of our members we've decided to launch a new private community program um, which we'll talk to you very briefly about don't worry we're not going to go into a lengthy pitch but we want to get people together on a monthly basis we're going to be hosting a number of calls every single month looking at the financial reset as it unfolds and also bringing you what we're calling tentatively as Crypto Corner, where we're going to go into a lot more
1: depth. Uh, Sam, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing on those calls? Yeah, well, I think uh, I want to come back to it. it's interesting. with it ties into cycles again, because this has been on my mind that people need, you know, and, and have asked for ongoing support because it's going to be endlessly, you know, evolving. And equally, so much of it is new to people and that continuity. So it's still it's that continuity of support, a certain level of discipline to stay with, the learning and the educating, and to explore with each other and learn about different areas. Um, and it's really interesting because I was, you know, we discussed it Dan you know, months ago, and I was thinking very much New Year, but this is again how they screw us with the cycles because real New Year isn't the real New Year. So people are trying to make. Yeah, you know, I was very like, let's launch in January, let's get going. But the reason a lot of things come together in March and we're here in March is because this is the actual New Year, right? This is towards the spring equinox. You know, it's Aries, which is the head. So that's partly why, you know, again, when you get in tune, this is a great time to begin. And I've I'm, I'm experienced that, I've been talks all through the winter. And what's really interesting, just recently, I've seen a real flooding of energy coming up from people much more, you know, of, of saying, I'm, I'm ready to take action now. And we discuss it, down, that quite understandably, people are burnt out from all the agendas and the info, which won't stop and are going to continue. But can we almost, been on out that journey, can we come back to ourselves and see what can we do? come home almost and start from here, which is what we can control, which is our own actions. So I think having that space is going to be really powerful to continue the dialogue and stay in the energy. And as I know from staying in energy myself, there are all sorts of opportunities and it's actually much more exciting rather than just fearful. And because there's no right way and it has to resonate with you, it's about really exploring the different options. We'll look at different asset classes, the pros and cons of all of them, I think what's great is that neither me and Dan, I think people know that, we're not coming from any angle. We, we're here just looking at everything and looking at the options because there is no right answer. That's the sovereign path, that there are things that will suit you and there are things that will suit me better and depending on your goals, your desires, your needs, your current situation. And I think that's what's really powerful is we can look holistically at the pros and cons of all the different areas, what it's like get involved. So you you can... Because we're really trying to as i do myself we do with each other pull the sovereignty students out of each other not not ever being that dictating of i got into crypto because you know my friend told me to whatever it's like i got into because i understood why and when you understand why and you're empowered then you're you actually usually do much better because you you feel good about your decision so there's so much to learn and I think we turn it into something creative. So yeah, that's that's why this really has come again another organic sort of next step on the journey down. And, and that aspect that it's going to be ongoing, and it's it's that combination of like you said, asset protection, lots of ways of you know we know we're in an asset stripping agenda. The World Economic Forum have told you as they always do what they want to do. So how do we make it as hard as possible? Because there are lots of ways. They rely, they rely again a lot of it on tacit consent. As I say, if you leave your assets with them, they'll take them. But you know, you but there are ways of taking things in self-custody, different ways. So that's really what it's about is looking at sovereignty and making improvements and also not feeling under pressure, like I've got to do this, this, and this. Just making any steps towards that improvement, you know, improving your situation, or feeling more sovereign or feeling more in control of your assets is gonna make you feel better and is a step towards progress, you know, and, and step towards improving. So I always think people Also, the fear is that they've got to rush and get somewhere very quickly. And I always think, don't act out of fear. Yes, we need to get moving, but it's not like it's got to be all done by next week and decide, you know, it's much better to take decisions where you feel happy and you're actually excited to take them and you're pleased you take them. And you, you are the barometer. I think often when you do these actions, you know, you know, what's right for you. And we're really giving you more info and more explanation and being able to have a, to bounce all those questions off each other. And also, I in crypto, I, I know that, you know, sadly, a lot of people get scammed, you know, so I would say, you know, partly the powerful thing about the course is if you've been through that or you've got the support of somebody you trust, and hopefully you, you trust my opinion more than those guys on YouTube just making all those crazy faces because they're off the clickbait and revenue, is that you you do it well and sovereignly and in a way that's empowering and, and safe. Um, so yeah, there's like I said, there's huge, which is why we're not talking hours. And I, you better stop me, Dan, otherwise I'll, I'll keep going. Um, but yeah, to go on that journey together and support each other and 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 react to what's happening, not in a fear base, but also you've got a place to go, hang on, this is happening now, you know, what what people are but getting that dialogue going is so crucial because so many people are understandably, you know, can feel isolated and economically isolated as well. If you're just able to have that, you know, share your fears or you know, I don't, I don't like using it because it's, but, you know, a like safe space as it's all, but, you know, a space where you feel, that you're with like-minded people, that we are all on that journey together. Can we, can, is there somewhere you can go and explore these things? And, and I always say to people who have been in crypto, no question is too basic. You know, you don't have to know anything. You need to start from where you're at and, and learn from there and get empowered and, and, and see where, see where this journey goes, really. Yeah. I mean, when
0: we started the conversation around this, it was kind of three three kind of key intentions. One is to help people to prepare for the unknown and um, understand what's happening and what could happen, um, helping people to break through the noise, um, getting through that fear, uncertainty and doubt. So you can become a kind of equipped to make proactive and informed decisions about your own future. And ultimately to get the kind of support you need to be around other people who are on the same path as you, We know from the last couple of years, it's very isolating when you begin a journey like this. Um, This is to me about creating a supportive community around uh, an emergent topic so that you can kind of discover the kind of practical tools that you need, become empowered psychologically and emotionally to deal with what's happening, but ultimately to discover new options that could not only help you protect your assets, but rather than simply being on the defense, you can also look at new options to grow your wealth if that's what you're interested in and everyone's at different phases of their life you know lizzie and i are thinking about you know do we expand our family if so you know what what's next and you know as a result you know finances have to come into that conversation so wherever people are at on their own financial journey whether in the kind of financial autumn thinking about winter the latter stages of life or you're in metaphorical spring, you're just planting the seeds for what's coming next. Or you're in summer, and you're just, you know, you're 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 basking in the kind of glory of what you've already delivered. But you're now worried about losing that. You know, wherever you're out on the journey, we want to create a space. And I agree. I don't particularly like the term safe space. I like cor- courageous space for yeah, courageous, yeah. courageous conversations yeah. uh, to explore these very challenging um, subject matter and, and and to go full circle to where we started. I personally, when I build a program something like this, I look for something that I personally want to be part of because there is so much out there around crypto and Bitcoin and financial the financial reset. But it's all so hyperbolic. It's so intense and hype. You know, there's so much hype around it. I rather to come into that space, you know, where it's a lot more grounded and Almost holistic. Then, as well, holistic holistic
1: volatile, you know. There was uh, a comment i think it was you know probably on this on on this call tonight you know somebody said you know should we not be prepared for the apocalyptic you know aspect as well and it's almost like yeah it's, it's going to be inclusive because in a sense the, the conversation has to go to all scenarios mm. but you know it, it, we cover all those bases rather than being fixated on there and and so much of it is being able to have that outlet for those questions and explore them and see what actions we take from there and and yeah like like you said you know i always seek out down on my journey you know mentors or or other people i want to collaborate with who, who have come with a balanced holistic look at it you know and that's what's challenging to find if you're you know lost on youtube particularly in areas like crypto but even in finance because you have to realize a lot of them are you know it's a business for them just to you know get you know clicks on their videos for drama so finding balanced Things that we can relate to that come in and and look at every angle towards it. That's you know that's how I am. and I like look at things from every perspective. Yes, that's really important.
0: Yes, I think people will know if they 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 want to walk this path and whether they're actually looking to explore different options and whether they resonate with the types of conversations we've had. Um, So we will continue to have these weekly call uh, uh, on on the podcast. Um, And for those of you who are drawn to what we've shared tonight. You can find out more about our new monthly um, support program, which we're launching tonight. Uh, You can go to weareelevate.org forward slash NFR. That's NFR for navigating the financial reset. We are going to buy a fancy domain, but we looked at navigating the financial reset. That's a lot to type in. <laughs> so for now it's uh on the we are elevate domain at weareelevateorg forward slash nfr. If you're with us in Zoom, you'll get the link in the in the chat. And if you're watching this on YouTube or any of the other platforms, it'll be in the description and the comments. If you're listening on audio, you'll have to click around a bit more. <laughs> it's inside Spotify or Apple in uh you know usually behind the picture of the episodes. But uh, um, it's um we are on to forward slash NFR. And yeah, it's a it's a program that we structured um with a couple of calls per month looking at these key issues, private discussion forums so people can uh, continue the conversation and a on-demand access uh, library of resources that will accumulate over the over the time that we're together in the months and weeks ahead. So i want to thank everyone for being part of our live podcast tonight um, this is the uncharted territory podcast it's our first official episode and uh we're here tonight also officially launching our navigating the financial reset um, support program for those of you who would like to be part of that sam it's been a, a pleasure being with you this evening for those who have joined us live we're going to open up to q a now right. um you know uh i joked about this kind of joe rogan episode where you said we'll talk for 30 to 40 minutes where are we looking over? yeah, never happen, <laughs> yeah. 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 So my it was- my community know that you know they they, <laughs> they, they prepare yeah. i think i think my community now like set out like three hours and like make hot drinks and get snacks you know <laughs> they, they know what to expect but um i want to thank everyone for watching and um uh if you're um listening or watching to the replay and saying I'd love to have been part of that Q&A session then do come and join do come and join us at, at, at Elevate and you'll see how to do that Sam uh, sobering out from us are we are we are we wrapping up here for the the episode I think so yeah I mean we could go on all night but you know we'll, we'll, we'll save it for next week definitely yeah <laughs> so yeah lots to unravel